0: Welcome to the official Saster podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by our partners at Guideline. Guideline 401k plans are built for startups. Their full stack plans let you easily administer your 401k in one place. And it's fully integrated with payroll providers like Gusto, Zenefits and Rippling to make operating your 401k even more seamless. See how easy opening a 401k can be at guideline.com slash Today's SaaS Insider episode, Sastra CEO and founder Jason Lipkin and the co-founder and CEO of hire Suite, Robin Choi, share their experiences building and scaling their companies. Today's SaaS Insider originally aired on A-Players, a new podcast that teaches you how to hire, retain, and train top performers for your team. You can listen to A-Players on anchor.fm, Spotify, or where you listen to podcasts.
1: Talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Welcome to A Players, the podcast where we'll tell you how to target, hire, retain, and train top performers for your team.
2: Everyone thinks they do twenty percent, but if you looked at their calendar, it's like eight <laughs> percent. Right? The really the only way you can recruit—I'll tell you the one—the one simple KPI, which is you have to do six interviews a week.
1: I am Robin Choi, CEO at Higher Suite, and we are sourcing automation software that helps 900 tech companies hire the best talent. Add me and follow me now on LinkedIn if you want to keep an eye on us. Cool, so today we are welcoming Jason Lemkin. If you don't know him already, uh, Jason sold Ecosign, a company called Ecosign to Adobe for 400 million dollars a few years ago, he's now running Saster. It's um, very famous here, but uh, maybe Jason, can you tell us more about Saster exactly what it is?
2: Sure. Saster started off as a blog back in 2012 and some core answers about all the mistakes I made as a SaaS CEO, getting to that first million a month, that first 10, 10 million a year or so. And now it's somehow grown to be the largest community in the world for SaaS and cloud entrepreneurs and founders.
1: Yeah. And what I like about Sester as well is, uh, so you have these events, you have a lot of podcasts, a lot of content, and you like to write a lot about hiring and scaling teams of salespeople. And yes. I, I think that'll probably be the, the main topics we'll address today. Great. Do um, you have some generic advice that you want to start with?
2: I think, um, yeah, I think the, for, for hiring a VP of sales, I think more than anything else, we, we could talk about a lot of things. Um, and And the reason I talk so much about it, I did it early because not a lot of folks had really explored this. There was a lot of content on product and engineering, but not a lot on this critical hire, but also because as I as I kind of came out of my fog of running my own startup and worked with a few dozen other SaaS startups, I, I learned that about 75% of SaaS startups hired the wrong first VP of sale, just like I did, and you end up losing a year. So. The most important thing actually is probably not hiring Ms. or Mr. Perfect, although we can chat about that. The most important thing is not screwing it up because you can't lose a year just when it gets good, because we tend to hire that VP sale just at a million, two million in ARR, a little less, a little more, just when those everything's starting to to work and come together, and then boom, you hire the wrong person and all the wheels fall off. So We can chat more about that, but I'll tell you, if I had to distill all the things we've talked about, all the folks we've interviewed, everything I've written and learned, it would be really one thing, understand that a VP of sales, half her or his job is hiring. It's hiring. So, it's not enough if they were the top AE or sales exec at a hot startup. It's not enough if they were a manager, but did not hire anyone great before. No matter what you do, no matter how great their LinkedIn, no matter what cool company they worked at before, if they haven't hired at least a couple, at least two or three great reps that hit and exceeded quota, they're not your VP of sales. Not even a stretch VP of sales. So if nothing else, find out who they hired that that did well and go talk to those two AEs. See if it's true. See if they really recruited those people, um, and then see if anyone will join her at your company. And if you hear that, you've you're on to something. You might you might actually have your right candidate, but so many folks ignore that. They don't do that extra step. They don't see they don't see if they've really proven they can recruit even a tiny successful team, and then it just all falls apart.
1: Yeah. So they say A players hire A players. So that's basically looking for people they already hired in the past. It's not even it's that. that. For VP of sales,
2: the real risk is an A has hired no one. This is the yeah. risk. What happens is, Robin, is folks get excited. Like like things are going great and you've got two aes right you that you hired yourself and you've, you're at a million two million the leads are finally coming and you've got it right You mean your product has issues and gaps and you're like i'm gonna go hire bob from wherever and and bob's charismatic he can spell acv and arr um, but bob himself has never recruited any great reps and then boom right it's not just that a's hire a's which is true it's that Bob's never hired a sales rep himself and he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know where to source them and he doesn't know how to get them and the clock's ticking. And what does Bob do? he hires a B or a C, not because Bob might not be an A someday as a VP of sales, but because an A individual contributor doesn't know how to hire great sales reps, right? And you just hit a wall and they hire worse and worse people. The quota attainment goes down and you, you see this downward spiral from someone that hasn't hired good folks before. So, that's that's the chicken and the egg in VP of sales hiring, but you you can sacrifice for, for rough around the edges. You can sacrifice for didn't work at that hot startup. You can sacrifice for industry, maybe even deal size, but they have to have hired a couple reps that did well.
1: Okay. And what's your advice for that person who's a VP of sales today, but doesn't know how to hire people? What's your advice for them? them?
2: Quit. Quit. (laughs) You're you're not a VP of sales. You've made a tragic error. And what you should do is either go back and be an AE, and learn or go find what you should do is quit and find a real VP of sales go be a director of sales under her and learn you need you need those two years of hiring experience to be able to VP of sales you jump too quickly and you will fail so it's better to raise your hand and say hey I, I overstretched I'm gonna I'm gonna carry a bag here I'm gonna be an individual contributor or go work for a VP of sales that knows how to do it and she'll teach
1: you okay okay and uh what I like also is that you mentioned there are different type of VP of cells according to the size of the company. So you talked about the evangelist, the Mr. Make It Repeatable, Mr. Go Big, etc., cetera, et cetera. Can you tell us more about that? The different types of A players for different types of companies?
2: Yeah, that that's a fun post on uh, Ms. Dashboards and Mr. Go Big. You can see yeah. that one on Saster. It's one of our it's right on the homepage at Saster.com because it's one of the most popular ones, even though it's It's years ago. I think we can talk about that, but but let's let's simplify it again because we're on audio here. I think the most important thing is you could only reach forward a stage. So you don't want to hire. Let's say you're at five million ARR for for the sake of discussion. You don't want to hire someone that's never even experienced that. That's too risky. You don't want to hire someone that's that's never gotten past been a been in a, a company that's gotten past one or two million if you're at five right they they just don't know the playbook right they can't know the playbook because they haven't lived it right um just like if like we talked about before if you've never hired a grade a e you can't possibly know the playbook to hire them you think you do because you've worked in a team but you don't know the playbook so you can, you can use one stage forwards playbook. So if you're at 5 million ARR, look, you're not going to be at 5 million next year, right? I sure hope not. <laughs> so you can hire someone that has never worked anywhere less than say 15 million, 10 million ARR, right? That playbook is a little rough around the edges for five, but it's okay. But once it's two stages, once you're at 5 million, you hire someone that's never been anywhere below 30 or 40 or 50 million ARR, They just don't have the right playbook. It's a way too expensive playbook. It it assumes the brand is much more developed. It assumes the infrastructure is much more developed. It assumes they can hire 20 people to start. And that playbook, you just crater with the playbook. So it's got to be someone that at least has experience at where you're going to be next year.
1: Okay. And you also like to say that – there is a difference between post traction, post product market fit, and pre product market fit, and that yes. post product market fits the CEO needs to spend 20% of their time recruiting.
2: Is that right? Always, from day zero to day one million.
1: And oh okay, so it's always. Even, I remember even, about three, maybe about
2: two and a half years ago, three years ago, I was in downtown Redwood City where one of Box's headquarters is, and outside of Five Guys Burgers, Aaron Levy was there, CEO of Box, with one of his co-founders, and I said, "Hey, Aaron, how you doing?" It's always nice that he'll say hi to me, and I said, "What's going on?" He had a nice shadows with my son. He's like, "I'm like, what do you need? Anything I can do to help? You know, like put you on stage or promote Box?" He's like, um, "Do you know any great VPs of engineering?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's at five hundred million error back then, still re- spending all of his time recruiting, just like when we first met, right? It never goes away. It's just who you recruit changes. So it's always twenty percent, which is important. Um, let me let me let me dive in on that on sales because it's so important, and then come back to your question or ask the version you want. The one of the biggest mistakes that founders make with sales is um they 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 either hire a couple AEs or they hire the VP of sales and they say, I don't want to be in sales anymore. Right, I'm tired. I don't like sales. I was spending forget about recruiting. I was spending twenty, thirty percent of my time in sales, and now I'm going to get back to product or the things I love. You never get that twenty percent back time in recruiting, and you never get that twenty percent time minimum that you have to spend with customers and prospects. You're going to have to do that for for your entire career.
1: Okay, and so what what is it exactly? It's about sourcing, same as Aaron, and asking people around him using referral for recruiting. Is it yeah? This well, look, obviously it
2: changes, it... right? Later you'll have in-house recruiters in a team, and later you'll you'll have VPs and SVPs and EVPs, and they will be sourcing candidates, and your job will become a closer, right? Help close them, right? Uh, you, And then your job at the top will be only, you know, as you get bigger, if you're Aaron or whomever, your job mainly is to recruit your senior team, right? Which it always is for any executive, whether you're a VP of sales, director, SVP, CEO, ultimately like when it's tiny when you're tiny you have to recruit everybody <laughs> right if you're the ceo you have to recruit the office manager if you have an office anymore after covid you have to recruit everybody but once you have 20 30 40 people once you have any layer of management the manager's job should be to hire the people to report to them right that's why the vp of sales fails if they have no experience and your job is to constantly be hiring management but how long is your average VP going to last? Two to three years, right? Um, four years. And you're going to have to hire a new one. And then you're going to need a GM of EMEA. And then you're going to need this layer and these people. So you'll always be spending your time. It's just usually focused on that, that one layer below you. Mm.
1: And how do, um, do founders, CEOs, convince top performers to join their team when they're young and when they fight with uh, big tech, for instance? Any advice on that? About closing. Well,
2: how do founders do it or how do VPs that work for them do it? How do the founders do it? Maybe both. I mean, this is um, – look, the, the reality is in the early stages, um, there's just a couple of thoughts. First of all, bear in mind, um, there are startup people out there. There are people like you and me. There are people who – that's where we're happy, we're happy in this small environment, we're okay, we'll trade off the fact there's no great onboarding or training for the fact that we can run. Startup people are folks that wanna run, they wanna run, they don't wanna have obstacles put in their way and they wanna do, at least in some area, they wanna do great things um, and they, they get that that means they may have no one doing code review. They get that may mean no one there's no one in sales ops, and that they have to they have to you know follow up uh, uh, on the accounting themselves if they're in sales or whatever functionary. They get that, but they want to be those people. So first of all, you're not going to recruit non startup people in the early days anyway, right? Unless you have raised 200 million in your in your series series seed round. So just bear that in mind. You need startup people um, in their heart and soul want to do it. How do you recruit them? I think um, I think it's interesting. So let's step back. Let me talk about the mistake founders make. I see again and again is that they think they're like any as long as they can talk to someone they can close them. (laughs) Mm. They think I'm so charismatic, I'm so driven that all all I have to do is get in the room with Robin and I can convince him or her to join my company. But there's too many startups today. Right, there's, there's a thousand companies, startups born every month. There's hundreds in every YC batch today. So it's not enough to get in the room with a candidate. Um, but there are more and more startup people and there are. And I think the most important thing. So what can you do? I think the most important thing you can do is to make your startup hot in some way. It helps. It's not everything. But PR is always important for recruiting. Why do why do half of the public company SaaS CEOs come on stage to disaster events? Why do you think they're on stage? Why do you think they in many cases they fly out to come to disaster annual? Do you think it's because sitting in sitting up on stage is like so great once you've done it 180 times? <laughs> Do you think it's to get customers? It's not even to get customers. If you're MongoDB or or Slack, why has Stuart Butterfield come to SaaS three times? Is it to get customers for Slack? No, everyone uses Slack, right? <laughs> um, it's for recruiting. It's for recruiting partners. It's for recruiting allies. And it's for recruiting employees. And I can't tell you on our podcast, our podcast gets about 130,000 downloads a month. I can't tell you how many folks say that, that is as a CEO, being on that podcast, help, help them find a great candidate. Um, so, Do PR. Get on TechCrunch. Um, And it doesn't have to be perfect because it's just one candidate, right? Make your blog awesome. Be on a secondary or tertiary PR. Do any podcast in the world that you can. Just get the word out that you might be hot. And then the beauty is startup people, they'll take a risk. They'll take a risk that you only have 10 customers. They'll take a risk that you are pre-product market fit if they they feel that you could be hot because that's what us startup people want to do, right? We want to be part of a rocket ship and we're okay that if we're early stage folks, we're okay that it's not a rocket ship yet as long as we see signs it could be. And even micro PR is so important there.
1: What is micro PR? It's things that like not
2: a million people are gonna uh, gonna see, but it's okay if 10 people see it. (laughs) It's okay if you do a PR to to a niche in your in your industry, okay? And only 10 prospects see it, but one of them becomes a customer, wasn't it worth it? Of course it was. Like, and, and it's true for employees too, employees are so expensive and so important, right? So yes, everyone wants to be on the number one, number one event, number one blog, number one podcast, TV and everything. But like, you don't need a million great employees to see your PR, you need that one person that you want to hire to say, wow, that that's the startup I want to join.
1: And do you use that content to close people? So that means you'll reach out to them and showcase the content? Or do you use that to generate inbound and people coming to you?
2: I think it does all of those things. But I think that just like any type of lead generation, whether it's human lead generation or customer lead generation, you have to see content more as air cover. You, otherwise, you will expect too much of it. If you expect that webinar to generate a million dollars of revenue, it might not. If you expect that podcast, that that promotion, that blog post, it, it may well do that, and that's great. But Google is your ally, right? If if someone finds something through SEO through search, if they if it reinforces, like you know what is 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 how cool is Hire Suite? Like, is this a company I'd like to join? Um, and then, boom, I see a, I see a, a second touch, right? That reinforces this potential decision to buy or join. So think of – you have to start – I know, when, especially when we're early, we want everything to be demand gen and lead gen, and I've written a lot about that. But as you scale, you're going to find that air cover is just important because people need multiple touches to decide if they want to take risk, right? Risk with a vendor um, and risk – in a hiring decision risk as well.
1: Okay. Okay. So this is basically – Doing as much noise as possible and and getting your company out there, and then it's not stupid people.
2: noise; it needs to be micro pr You need to know where your employees or customers are. It's better to do a podcast that only has a hundred downloads if they're your customers than to do one that has great reach that has no value right micro pr isn't isn't spray and pray it's not be everywhere. It's be where it matters. Be present. It's be present as much as you can, uh, given that no one's ever heard of you.
1: <laughs> and if, if we get back to building teams of sales, any specific podcast you'd recommend? Any specific blog or places where there are few people, but exactly in this target?
2: Um, you mean to find a VP of sales or? or? Yeah, find.
1: You are today. You're hiring a VP of sales or even. Hiring uh, AEs? Or... The
2: best way to find a VP of sales for most folks today, it, it's not, it, it's what, one of the things that's happened over the last couple of years um, is that there are more communities of VPs of sales than there were when I started writing SASTER. There are more true communities, like, like online communities, and there's more informal communities. And so, the, my best advice in general is meet as many VPs of sales as you possibly can. It doesn't matter if you're going to recruit them, right? First of all, you have to learn. To, to, if you haven't hired a VP of anything before, you need the archetype, right? You need, to, you need the bar. So you need to meet four or five and fall in love with the candidate. Even It doesn't matter if you can hire her to say, look, Debra is the best of all the VPs. I've never hired a VP of sales before. Now I've met five, but boy, Deborah was better than all the rest, Right. So now you know. Look, Deborah's not going to join me. She's pretty happy at wherever, at whatever hot startup at UiPath. But at least I know. At least I know when I meet Bob or James, or Evelyn, she has to be as good or better than Deborah, at least adjusted for experience, or I'm not going to make the hire. So meet as many of these, as many candidates for the role, and just, and then try, see if you can make one or two an advisor. Give them a few shares. Um, You'll be surprised if you are if, – if if your mission is compelling, that folks that are better than you think will be advisors. Not everyone. I'm too busy. Don't ask me to be your advisor. I can't do it. I'm overloaded. Um, but I'll tell you, when I started Sastra, when I started investing, I had bandwidth, and I was an advisor to a whole bunch of great companies from uh, Together, which are worth billions today. So people have time, then they don't have time. Um, so find those advisors and mentors in this case in sales, and then ask all of them, be tenacious, say, hey, um, do you know anyone that could be great for my startup? And if that VP of sales believes in you, whether or not you can hire her, they will find you other candidates. They, The great ones know each other.
1: Okay, so you start by doing PR and micro PR, and then you start to meet with people, talk to them.
2: Meet and, with every great VP you can every, in any functional area. Take all the meetings. Ask your advisors. Ask your mentors. Ask your angels. Ask everyone, can you introduce me to a great VP? People don't do enough of this. Don't do enough of it. It doesn't matter if you can hire him or her. You have to find the bar. You have to find the archetype, the lines, know who someone's great, right? You need all the great VPs, and if you haven't hired one before, you don't know what a great one is, do you?
1: Yeah, obviously.
2: So you'll hire a bad one because you don't know what a great one is. You'll hire someone that smiles great and dresses well and talks the talk and is very poised and worked at Dropbox and that's all great. But might—it's probably not the right thing for your company.
1: Okay. And then how do you build that into the, the hiring process itself, the assessment? How do you know that you know what a great VP of sales looks like? How do you assess them during the interview?
2: Well, look, I mean, here's the thing event. Someday you'll know, right? Someday you'll, you'll, you'll have, you'll be done more than certainly I have. And you'll know, you'll know, you'll know, and you'll actually know for almost every role after about 10 million error, because you've made every mistake three or four times by the time you get to 10 million, but you won't know until then. And so what's the answer? You know, it's funny. I remember in the early days, I, you know, I, I haven't been able to write code in a long time. And you say, how do you know if you've hired a great CTO, right? How do you know? How do you know? Well it's it's actually pretty easy. Um once you once you once you know, you know. But until then you just find the smartest person in the world in a functional area and you just ask their opinion. <laughs> so look, a VP of sales' job is in sales, isn't it? They can probably snow you a bit <laughs> if you haven't done before. They can probably <laughs> convince you they're wonderful. And, and and many mediocre VPs of sales are quite charming. Um they're they're quite they're quite poised. But Find one great, either VP of Sales or the beauty to VP of Sales is just find a CEO that you know that's that's done it before, right? And ask that CEO at 10 million or 15 million or 20 million, could you do me one favor? Could you do me one favor? Can you, can you, can you interview Aileen for me? And if he says, uh, wow, she's she's one of the best up and coming sales leaders I I've talked to in a while, hire her. Just hire her. This is the magic thing, right? And, um and you know, I, I'm working with the startup right now. They're just crossing 10 million. They're on fire, but they've never hired a real VP of marketing slash CMO type. And I've been making a lot of intros to this CEO because he's very – he's he's great. He's a, he's a he's an absorber of information. Again, they're coming up on 10 million. They're growing 20% a month. Like, it's insane. And I just – and then I, I made about 10 intros. And then the other day, I introduced him to a CEO of a company that exited for about $500 million that I love, this CEO. And he's like, this is the best. This this was the best intro you made. Like talking to the other VPs of marketing and sales is great, but talking to the CEO who has hired so many and made so many mistakes, he's like now I now I know. Now I know what I need. So so get that get a get a VP of sales to interview the VP of sales for you or at least get a CEO that's done that next stage. They'll they'll know and they will see the things you're missing. Because you'll get desperate, you'll get tired and you won't and you will want to gloss over things that are going to lead to mediocre outcomes. That's the problem. Like, right? we gloss over, like, oh, wow, he, he was so great. He worked at Twilio. And Twilio is awesome, but Twilio is a two something billionaire today. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Lawson's really one of my favorite founders, but Twilio today is not a startup. <laughs> But you might fall in love with him because the brand, the way they talk, the fact that you love Twilio, I mean you could fall in love with this and talk yourself into a hire that is not not appropriate for your startup. So but 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 this other VP of sales or the CEO that's done your stage, they'll 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 know.
1: And what you say too is that anyway, if your VP of sales isn't going to work out, then you'll know. In one quick, sales right? cycle. In, in one you... sales cycle. And what do
2: you do then? the Well, you need to make plans. It's not going to work. You'll you'll know. The truth is, you'll know in 30 days if you really listen and watch. But you'll certainly know in a sales cycle because the the thing is, and, and when I wrote this iconic post years ago, like if your VP of sales, you'll know if they work out in one sales cycle. And everyone, every VP of sales I know got mad. They're like, "No, we need more time." Like that's just you're a jerk, Jason. And then and then a little way later, they're like, you know, you're right you of course you're right and why why i when i wrote that i didn't say that your vp of sales has to quintuple your sales in one sales cycle right they don't have to they don't have to change radically change things but they have to tilt the curve because if If a VP of sales can't bring in one good AE to sell better, if a VPS sales can't create more urgency, if a VPS sales can't drive up the deal size, right? If the VPS sales isn't a better closer than you are as a CEO, I mean, what do you know about closing? We're good middlers as CEOs. If they can't do anything in a sales cycle just with the leads that are already in flight, right? If they just can't bring them in faster, they don't even have to do anything else but bring them in faster, they'll they'll never do it. They'll, they'll just never do it. So it's ne- it will, time will not cure this problem. So you have to decide, should I fire this person today? Um, you're, pro- you're definitely better off without her if there's no positive, positive uh, improvement. Um, and, but what most of us do is we stick with this person for longer because we don't want to do, and then things just get worse because they hire. They don't make it. They're not succeeding in the sales cycle. So they start bringing in more and more mediocre people, and they bring your batting average down. The converse is I just wrote this post on Saster recently. I wrote that that one about one sales cycle years ago. I just wrote one very recently where I laid out the, the math in a Google sheet about what actually what's... So that's the mistake many of you're gonna make. You're, you're, you're gonna wanna give them more time when there's no improvement. Now the improvement doesn't have to be vast, but there has to be improvement in one sales cycle. Then the interesting question is, if you what if you see improvement, but it's not magic, <laughs> right? What if you were growing at 100% Year over year before, and you know, you know, you could do much more, and you're doing 125 when you hire this VP of sales, right? That's that's be- that's better, isn't it? And SaaS compounds, so 125 is a lot better than 100, but it's not epic, is it? What do you do with that hire? And and what I've learned over the years watching several dozen SaaS startups now is many many CEOs actually, you should fire the person that that doesn't do anything in a sales cycle because they're going to bring your batting average down. The one that does better, but not what it could be. It actually turns out it's super risky to not continue to back her. It's super risky because are you going to find someone better next week? How long is it going to take? Um, are things, is it really, is, 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 this, this is a tough hire. So I think I've, as, as to of this, I think I've defaulted as if after a sales cycle, things are better. With your VP of sales, you've got to try to backfill her and back them as long as you can. Even if you know someone else in theory could do better, they've inflected the curve, and you have to you have to ride that bet out.
1: Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you'll know after one sale cycle if the person doesn't work out, but you don't know if, uh, if no, you'll no no no, you'll no, 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 you'll no, no. They'll be in one of anywhere. three
2: buckets after one sale cycle. Either nothing will get better, in which case it never will. It just never will. Um, Or you'll see jaw-dropping improvement, right? That's at the other end. You're like, whoa, right? I mean, oh, oh my God, like, oh, we did have all these leads. It's just no one was following up. (laughs) So, like, magic happens, right? Um, But then there's a third category, which is mediocre, like better but not great, right? And that one counterintuitively I think you need to stick with until you're sure you have a better resource and plan because – Doing better than before with compounding revenue and sales is so important. It may not be the same conclusion for engineering, for example, but it, it is in sales because just doing better than before is still a B-plus for VP of sales, doing better than before. Most don't. Most do worse than before you hired them.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. So we're, we're getting near the end of the podcast, so a few quick questions now. Uh, what's the best advice? That you wish you you had been given as a startup founder.
2: Wow, the number one bit, best bit of advice
1: um, about hiring sales and building sales team. Of course, I think the
2: best. Well, the I guess I guess the the advice is, um, don't. There's no magician. There's no magician. You you have to find. You have to get. Two or more AEs, sales reps hitting quota, doing well, and then you bring in someone to help you do better. And that's what my true VP of sales did. But the first one I hired, I was expecting a magician. Everyone expects a magician. Sales, sales professional, sales VPs of sales are not magicians. They're they're incredible. They're incredible scholars of the process and science of sales, um, but they can't create product market fit right? They can build on it. So there are no, do not expect a sales magician to bail you out of a tough situation. As a CEO, you have to bail yourself out of a tough sales situation. Then when it's half decent, at least half decent, then you're ready for the VP of sales. So that, that, that's obvious now, but I don't think any of us really appreciated it way back when.
1: Yeah. And that's also the thing that you have ex- to experiment for yourself, True. I guess. Um, and, and what's the, um, so you say that CEOs must spend 20% of their time hiring. What's the part that you hate the most about hiring?
2: Um, well, boy, I think any deep down, anyone that says they love recruiting is sort of lying. Um, you have to, that's why you need a quota, right? You need to for, because maybe the most important thing I'll answer your question, but maybe the most important thing I'll tell you on the 20% is everybody lies. Everyone thinks they do 20%, but if you looked at their calendar, it's like Eight <laughs> percent. Right? The really the only way you can recruit I'll tell you the one the one simple KPI, which is you have to do six interviews a week. You know why six is so important? Because it's more that? than one a day. If you say twenty percent you know what people say they do twenty percent of time recruiting and then you look at the calendar, you know how many interviews they did this week? Two or three. It's not enough, is it? It's not really 20 percent, is it? But if you force yourself to report each week, how many interviews did I do? And if it's less than six, you get an F. That will add up to 20 percent. Even if those interviews are 20 minutes long, trust me, with the prep, the review, right, the outreach. But you have to have a KPI on these things. And six interviews has to be the minimum uh, The minimum uh, per 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 week and you'll find that for for CEOs it can be hard to spend half your time but you'll find the best VPs of sales and VP of engineering generally spend half their time recruiting and that's a lot more than 6 meetings isn't it it's often 20 it's often 20 a week that VPs of sales and VPs of engineering will do in rapidly scaling companies is 20 it's 20 interviews a week but if it's not 6 it ain't going to be it ain't going to be the 20% and what's the part that I like the least um you know, I mean, it's the same. I I think the part I like the least for interviewing is uh, it's 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 the same part I like the least investing. It's like meeting with any potential candidate that we wouldn't hire. So figuring out a way to have a a, a wide enough funnel um to capture everyone to capture a very diverse and exciting pool of candidates but every every interview you take where there's a 0% chance you're going to hire them 0% it's just it that's th- those are mental cycles creative cycles you never get back so those are the ones i constantly struggle both for for interviewing and for investing um that i i try to find a way to avoid is the 0% okay
1: Cool. I like the, the last part about the targets. Yeah, think week.
2: about it. You got to do it or it's else, or week else week. it's not
1: 20%. <laughs> really compounds. That's 300 yep. per year. Get it. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Jason. It was, uh, was great. A lot of uh, very actionable feedback. Thanks a lot. Um, any last um,
2: words? No, this was terrific. Uh, and I guess the, the last word I'll just do is um, th- that that employee – for recruiting, that employee is out there. Don't give up. I know a lot of us feel like we'll never find that VP of marketing or that VP of sales. Just hire someone great, a great engineer. Uh, if you if you know you need a VP of sales, but you can't find her, hire a VP of marketing, right? Just keep hiring someone great because every great hire is accretive in SaaS and recurring revenue. And as terrible as it takes, if it takes you a year to find your VP of sales, well, you're, you're doing this for 10 or 20 years, right? This is SaaS, this is cloud. So Beat yourself up, but don't give up, because you will you will find that VP. It just may take you six to twelve months more <laughs> than you'd hope, but don't give up.
1: Okay, thanks a lot for the last words, Jason. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to that podcast till the end. If you're still with us, it's probably that you enjoy the players. A hey Players is brought to you by myself and higher suite. We are building a sourcing automation software and we already help 900 tech companies hire the best clients. To know more about us, go to www.hiresuite.com.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by our partners at Guideline. Guideline makes 401k plans that are affordable and scalable. They handle plan management, investments, and more, all for one flat fee, helping startups boost savings, retain talent, and grow their business. See how affordable a 401 can be at guideline.com slash